the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise Him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee you that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's about recovery and restoration. Although the Bible teaches us that God is a God of recovery and restoration, many saints don't know it. It's important for us to know who our God is, who's promising to bring recovery and restoration to His. One of His Old Testament names is Jehovah Gamola, the God who recompenses. Recompenses means pays or gives compensation for, makes restitution for, damage, injury, or the like. That's something that all of us saints should like. We have a God who recompenses, that is, repays in full for the damages that are done to his people. He's a God who recompenses, that is, gives compensation for, and makes restitution for damages that we, his children, have experienced in life. He's a God who recompenses, who will give back and pay back what Satan has stolen and is holding back in our lives. It's good to have a Jehovah Gamola as God who is our God in our lives. A God who is the God who recompenses the things that were lost in our lives. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you about recovery and restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Joel chapter 2, we begin reading at verse 21. It says, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore unto you the years that the locust has eaten. The years that the locust has eaten. Of course, the years included anything that happened within those years that was eaten too. The years that the locust has eaten. The canker worm and the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. That's what God is saying to me and you. Praise God. And restoration is happening all over the place. Praise God. Every time I say 
that restoration is happening all over the place. Praise God. People come up to me and share with me more things all up in my face. Pastor, let me tell you what this happened. Pastor, let me tell you about what happened. Pastor, I wasn't at Sunday Night Live, but let me tell you this, this, this testimony. It was all the way live. I'm getting, them, I'm getting them emailed to me. I'm getting them spoken to me. I got them on my voicemail. Praise God. I got people standing up telling me, both female and male, about recovery and restoration that's happening to them. Some are happening in ways that they never even thought was going to happen. Some are happening in ways that they would never even look for to happen. Some were happening and they didn't even know what was happening. They was like, Pastor, what's happening? I said, that's your recovery and your restoration, baby. And they're like, that is what that is, too. Praise God. And then they lift up in their hand and shout like God wants them to do because they know God is in the midst of them doing what he said he's going to do. And once again, we're just in the first quarter of this, praise God. And he's about to pick up speed on this and start doing even more and more of this in the midst of our lives as we continue to understand what he's doing, cooperate with what he's doing, so God can be able to do what he want to be doing in the middle of our lives in Jesus' name, bringing recovery and restoration to me and you. We've been working more recently on the fact that God is recovering and restoring health to the body of Christ, health to the members of the body of Christ, Health, praise God. And that's just not physical health, but that's also anything that was damaged so that things don't work the way they're supposed to. That's why we've been working on even more recently the healing of bruises and broken hearts. The healing of bruises and broken hearts, because that's true, too, because many of us have been hurt by something that happened in the past. Some of us have been bruised by things that happened in that past. And, of course, that bruise causes a, a, a contusion, something that's below the surface, where you can't even see it on the surface, but yet it's still up under there, and it's hindering your ability to be as mobile as you're supposed to be, and hindering your ability to be as flexible as you ought to be. It's hindering your ability to be able to move forward into what God has in store for you the way that God has in store for you, or to receive this recovery that's about to happen for you. So God is causing the healing of bruises and brokenhearted, because God said, I came to heal the brokenhearted. And I came to heal and set those that are liberty that are bruised because people are bruised are not at liberty. But God is going to set you at liberty so that you can be uh, in liberty and step into the freedom that God has in store for you by mending things that were that were damaged on the inside of me and you healing those things that are up under the surface that don't nobody else know but God in you. God said, I'm going to take care of those, too, because I'm going to restore those. God's not just restoring bodily parts. He's restoring souls, too, to be able to give us our minds back so we can think like we ought to. Because some of us are healed, are hurt right there, too. And we found out last time that it's the memory of what happened to you. It's the thought that was attached to what happened to you is really what's hurting you. It's not what happened to you because what happened to you is long gone. What's hurting you now is the thought of what happened to you, how you thought you were done wrong and how you think about how you were done wrong or how you were th- thought about how you were hurt and disappointed by the people that you trusted, how you were, you know, messed up by the people that you trusted. And now you're busted and you and, and you went through what you went through. And because of that, there got Satan wanted to place a thought on the inside of you. Because once he get that thought up on the inside of you, we found out he will control you with that thought for the rest of the days of your life. He'll cause you to relive the hurt and the pain long after it's gone because, you know, after the situation is gone because it still exists as a thought in your brain. And as long as that's there, Satan's still going to be able to cause the hurt to be there. That's why you can be over it years later, but yet the hurt can be relived just like it was happening right then. But God says, I'm a healer of the brokenhearted. I'm a mender of those that are bruised, and I'm going to set those at liberty, those that are bruised, because he wants to teach us 
what it is that the devil is doing. So we're no longer subject to what the devil is doing so that we can then resist what the devil is doing and go ahead and step into what God is doing in the midst of our lives. Turn to James chapter four, please. That's what we need to learn to do. We need to learn to resist what the devil is doing. I love the Lord. Anybody here love the Lord? We got something in common. Praise God. James chapter four. I love the Lord. God wants us to be able to learn how to resist the devil. Because remember, if you don't really understand what the devil is doing, then you'll look back at what he did as though that's what he was doing. You'll look back at what he had done to you as though that's the big deal. But that's not the big deal. That was a setup punch for the knockout punch that he really wanted to do for you. That was just to open the door for him to put something in your mind so it can store there in your mind so that he can then be able to control and play with your mind for the rest of the time as long as he's here. But we have the ability to resist the devil. Hallelujah. I said we have the ability to resist the devil. Go to First Peter chapter 5. We're going to go there first. We're going to come back here. Praise God. I mean, I just got to do it. Praise God. Amen. Some of y'all say, what are you talking about? Don't, uh, you just had to be here. You just had to be here. Praise God. First Peter chapter 5. Now, some of y'all going to be turning to where, they, where it is. And the other people, some folk, they're just going to hold up their Bible. It's going to fall open to it. Praise God. Amen. First Peter chapter 5. Verse 8 told us to be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, once again, it was the devil that's your adversary. He's your opponent. He's the one that you're fighting against. And we found out that even when he came against Adam, when Adam, when God asked Adam what happened, he began to explain to him everything about everybody else and blame everybody else, including God. But he left the devil out of it. Why did he leave the devil out of it? Because the devil is more subtle than any of the beasts of the field to be able to cause you to never be able to recognize that he's really the one that is your problem. Why? So that you can fight the battle on the wrong battlefield and you can fight the wrong opponent thinking that was the person that did that to you that was your opponent. They was just a pawn in the the game, baby. And before you say, well, why they had to be a pawn in the game? Same way you was a pawn in the game to somebody else too because he used you different times just like he used them too. But he said, be sober, be vigilant because your devil, the devil as a roaring lion, Walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Once again, the word may means permission, which means he can't devour anybody he wants to. That means that he has to find a people who he can devour. And who is that? That are people who will cooperate with him and allow him to do what he want to do. Because you have to, you powerful person have to allow the devil to do in your life what he wants to do. I ain't talking about the thing that he caused to happen in your life. You didn't, that wasn't you. But it's how do you handle what happened to you is what you allow. You now have the ability to be able to take control or lose control based upon what happened to you. I said you have the ability to either take control or lose control based upon what happened to you. Now, God designed you as a person who controls. Come on, Trey. He designed you as a person who walks around in control. He created you to dominate. He created you to be able to subdue any situation that comes out of control for you. He created you the ability to be able to take back control and be able to live your life in control all the days of your life. Now, that's what he created you to do. But the problem is, is once something happens to you, you forget who you are and begin to start conducting yourself like he wants you to do. You'll forget who you are and won't stand up and live this thing out like you are. A person who takes back control, even when something happens to you. That's why he told us that we have the ability. Verse nine. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Of course, he's seeking whom he may devour. 
verse 9 says, whom resists steadfast in the faith, which means we have the ability to resist him steadfast. And it tells us exactly where we can do it in the faith, which is one of the things that Satan wants to do when he calls that thing to happen to you is to get you out of faith into fear, get you out of faith into the flesh. So that you can start concerning yourself with how you feel because of what happened to you. And how, and how this shouldn't have never happened to you. And I don't understand why this happened to you. Well, wait a minute. Un- lack of understanding also brings confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. Praise God. So he wants to get you confused over what happened to you. Get you all messed up mentally over what happened to you. So that he can now control you for the rest of the days of your life. But it ain't got to go down like that. It don't have to end like that. Yes, it might have happened, but it don't have to remain like that. That was just one act in a play. But come on, we can we can continue to act this thing God's way. And we come out winners in this thing if we do, because we can resist the devil steadfastly in the faith. Now turn to James chapter four. Praise God. We can resist him. And the way to resist him is not to cooperate with him. See, that's one of the reasons why God wants you to understand what's happening to you, understand what happened to you so you can cooperate with him and operate according to the power that he gives you to come out victorious regardless of what happened to you. Because you can come out victorious regardless of what happened to you. You can come out of this thing not even smelling like smoke. You don't believe me? Ask three Hebrew boys, Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah, who the Bible lets us know was was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That they were people who were thrown into a fiery furnace. Now you let that happen to you, praise God. Hallelujah. But they came out not even smelling like smoke. Not only did they not get burnt up by what happened to them, but they didn't even smell like smoke. Didn't mess with their clothes either, praise God. Might have pressed them, praise God. That's all it did. <laughs> Look, he pressed their clothes. They came out shopping them before, praise God. Like, what, 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 what? And just like Satan brought some heat up in the middle of your life, the only question is, is will it depress you or impress you and start conducting you like God wants you to do? Because a lot of times we let what happened to us have an effect on us. I said we let what happened to us have an effect on us. We let what happened to us have an effect on us to the point that now it's now controlling us. And any thought of anything near there jacks us up to the point that we threw. But that don't have to be me and you. We can be one of the whoms that he does not devour. James chapter four, verse six. It says, but he, speaking of the Lord, giveth grace. Ooh, that's shouting ground right there. He giveth grace. He gives you access to his supernatural power. He gives you access to his supernatural ability. What happened to you was natural. But God can give you something supernatural that can override the natural and give you the ability to be able to lift up and above beyond the natural so that you can then be able to operate in the way that you're supposed to. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Look what happens when you can do so. Next thing follows. Resist the devil. And look what follows after you do that. And he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will free from you. So we don't have to accept the lying, deceptive thoughts that the devil is extending to me and you as a result of what it is that happened to me and you. We can resist him by resisting what he's trying to get us to think. To resisting what he's trying to get us to think. 
See, because he's trying to get you to lean in a particular way so he can be able to do what he want to do with you on that day. He wants to get you to think in a particular way so that he can control you based on that thought for the rest of your days. He's trying to get you to respond in a particular way so that he can then keep you from responding in the way that you're supposed to respond as the person that you are. See, we're victorious already. We are children of the most high God. We come from a lineage of victors. Not victims, victors. Our whole family is victors. Victorious. Come on. Our father is shining and victorious. I, he's, a, he's a man of war. Praise God. And, 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 and he sits up and laughs at his enemy because he know can't, any enemy can do nothing to him. That don't mean he don't try, but he sit up and laugh at his enemy. Sits up in heaven and laughs as they try to rise up against him and put up stuff against him. He like, please. You don't even know who you're dealing with. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the one that wins in everything that I do. He already know who he is, so he ain't worried about what goes on and what happens. It don't phase him. Don't study him, old folk you say. And then our elder brother, Jesus, praise God, he was victorious too. Defeated death, hell, and the grave as well as the devil too. And defeated the same one that's coming against me and you and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now go ye forth, therefore, and do what I told you to do. Praise God. But he told the earlier disciples what he was doing when he said, go out and do. I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. Now you might be like, hold up now. Praise God. You send me, send me out as a sheep. You sound like you're going to cause me to get jacked up. They ain't never dealt with a sheep like you. Are you listening to me up in here? Because you a sheep who know who you are. You a sheep that comes from the lineage of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Whereas Satan walks around as a rowing lion, you come from a family of lions. You come from the real deal. Are you listening to me up in here? And he'll find out when he step up in there, he shouldn't have stepped up in there. That's one of the reasons why when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But you will only resist the devil if you know who's the real you. If you don't know who the real you is, you won't resist the devil because you will be identifying yourself based upon what happened to you. I'm a victim. No, baby, you a victor. He caused you to change what you think about yourself to be able to think what he wanted you to think about yourself so that he can now control you and do what he wants you to do what he want to do with you. But we can resist the devil steadfastly in the faith. I like that. We can resist the devil. That word resist means to stand against. That is to oppose. To stand against. That is to oppose. That instead of running away from him, he's supposed to run away from us. Because we stand up and stand against what it is he's saying and oppose what he's saying. Now, remember, he's trying to plant some thought on the inside of me and you. But we can oppose the thought that's there to, to oppose me and you. We can resist the one that's resisting me and you. We can oppose the one who's opposing me and you. That you ain't got to stand there and just let him move you around like a pawn on a board. You ain't got to just stand there and just let him be able to control you because of what happened to you. You can stand up. Come on, stand up. And be the person that God told you to be and live this thing out like he told you to be. Not falling victim to the lie, but standing up and relying on what God said to you and knowing that that's what's true. See, resisting the devil includes both standing against his onslaught and opposing him with the word. Whereas we oppose him with the word. Why? Because God's word gives us what we're to stand upon in faith. It's what we're to stand upon in faith. 
Because he's going to try to get us to think something will happen to us based upon what happened to us. Or things will continue to happen to us based upon what happened to us. Or, the, or this is what could happen to you based upon what happened to you. But all them bases is not the basis on which we're supposed to be standing. The basis that we're supposed to be standing on is the word of God. The basis we're supposed to be standing on is the word of God. What does God say about this? What does God say about this? Because when I know what God says about this, I now have the truth to oppose the lie that Satan's trying to get me to rely. Is anybody hearing me up in here? What does God say about this? Oh, they persecuted me. God said rejoice. So then you can oppose that thought that wants to get you to stand in the corner and just and just cowl and get in a fetal position because of what's happening to me ever since I got that position. <laughs> and you can stand up and the devil be like, oh, wait a minute, you ain't doing what I thought you was going to do. Because I had planned for you to be in a fetal position, but you standing up like you full grown Christian. Is anybody hearing me up here? Oh, oh, that wasn't that wasn't the reaction I was expecting. That's like praise God. There's some boxers, praise God, that'll be like boxing and they'll be like doing what they do, you know. And let's say, for instance, one of them got a shot in and stuff like that. Get a punch in. Boom. And hit me. And he's thinking like, oh, that was my best shot. I'm about to get it. And then I step back and say, <laughs> start beating on myself. What, what, what? See, that causes him to think differently now. Because when the punch got through, he was expecting me to like, Knees getting weak and expecting me to, to re rock and reel, you know, and, and because he thought that punch was the real deal. But after he hit me with that one, and I'm like, oh, what, what, what? Pow! He like, wait a minute now. This, this, this ain't the way it's supposed to be going. At the very least, he'll back up and begin to regroup. He'll back up and begin. He said, well, maybe I ought to, maybe I ought to do something, come from another angle. But if he got that punch in and I got to, Really? Oh, that's like sick him to a dog, baby. That's like, y'all not hearing me up in here. That's like sick him to a dog. Somebody like sick him to a, Google it, Google it. Praise God. That's like, that's like sick him to a dog. And he going to pounce from that point forward. You see, you don't want to step up in there. Praise God. He, he, he'll pounce at that point. And one of the reasons why Satan keep pouncing on you is because of how you respond about what he did to you. How you, good to see you, man. How you been? He respond, how you respond, you respond to what he's done to you. you, you you're responding in a way he wanted you to respond. So now he can go ahead and step his assault up and begin to start doing more. Y'all give him a hand for helping me. Praise God. But when you know what God has to say about things, when you understand what God has to say about those things, and even after you took a hit, you remind yourself about what God said about things, then that puts you in a position that he will flee from you rather than you flee from him like he wants you to do. Is this making sense to anybody up in here so far? We're supposed to resist the devil. First John chapter five. Why? Because we have faith in what God said to us. I said, we have faith in what he told me and you. And if you are a person with faith, even after you've taken the punch, even after he did what he did to you, if it did not destroy your faith, take away your faith, cause you to forget about your faith, you use a bad somebody. First John chapter five, verse four, it says, and for, and for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Now, I love that word this in the Bible. I don't know about you. 
I love the word this in the Bible. Because most of the time God used the word this in the Bible. When he said this is or this, pay attention. Because that, that eliminates and, 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 and cuts all the other stuff out that it could possibly be. He's telling you exactly what it is. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. See, when the situations and circumstances attack you, hit you, hurt you, harm you, you're either going to be victim or victor in the middle of it. There's only two choices that you got, victim or victor in it. And whichever position you enter into is the one you're going to remain in and allow the, and allow the devil to do what he want to do. If you become a victim, then that opens the door for him to continue to victimize you over what happened to you. To continue to victimize you. He does that with that thought, the memory. He'll remind you of what happened to you and it'll victimize you again and again and again. And he'll continue to do it to you. But if you step into the victor role, you'll win and win and win again, regardless of what it is that happened to you. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the Word of God had to say. It's firing me up. I hope it's doing the same thing for you. I also hope that you're finding out a little more about how blessed it is to be a child of God by finding out that our God wants to bring recovery and restoration in our lives now that we're his children. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing recovery and restoration into our lives. If you want to hit a message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210 785 that's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassett Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in San Antonio or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, just come on by and see us. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassett Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday morning at 8 and 11. If you say, I don't have transportation, well, I got good news for you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. Just call us at the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. So just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed if you do. I guarantee it. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.